little bit of a hiatus, we're back. It's the betting 11. Blake and Ian, we are here. What's going on? What's up, guys? You know, I was out in Utah. Blake was in Vegas. We're tearing it up. I was tearing snow up. He was tearing the, the tables up. So, good time. Yeah, had to make some bets on our games. You know, can't always be uh, restricted just rooting for success. Got to put some money behind where our bets are at. It, it was fun. It was definitely cool to be up early. You know, nobody in the casinos awake at 5.40 a.m. in Vegas. <laughs> I don't even know what I was doing awake out there, man. It was uh, pretty stupid of me. But I got to watch games by myself in the sports book, laying across a couple seats, move some things around, and enjoy the great game. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's better than I can say because I was not waking up at 5.30 in the morning to watch Arsenal over the weekend. And I call myself a fan, huh? <laughs> oh, mama. Well, hey, there could be worse things than watching Arsenal recently. I mean, they're not been terrible. Yeah, yeah, they've been okay. You know, and, you know, speaking of okay, we were six and five over the midweek action. So just lost a little bit to the juice there. I think like 0.27 units. But, you know, we had two games that we really liked that ended up getting postponed with Lazio and Torino and Jan Regensburg and Bremen and the Pokal quarterfinals uh, all due to COVID. I really think that those games would have came through for us on the foul prop and a Bremen money line. And then, you know, if you look back at the games that we lost, we had a Napoli goal disallowed, which I still don't. I know how they ruled Insigne offsides and there's a last minute penalty. So we didn't get the money line. AC Milan need a last second penalty just to get a draw in their game, you know, and then Villa were up a man for 30 minutes against Sheffield, but still can't get a goal. Sevilla missed a penalty and the Copa del Rey and then concede right at the death to lose us on the minus one Asian handicap. And, you know, so just like four or five games that were right there, we were so close to having a, a, just an amazing weekend, but you know, overall since December, we're 104 wins, 87 losses, seven draws and up 8.83 units. Can't ask for too much more than that. No, especially for the casual better. You know, I mean, this is a great place to be with us here. Definitely want to be up money for the year. And so far we are that, especially over a hundred and let's call it 190 picks. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm not touting ourselves, but I am kind of, because it's a lot of games to choose and still be up. You know, generally the rule is, and I found that out this past weekend, the longer you stay <laughs> in the casino, the more money of yours they keep. So <laughs> yep, for us yep. to have some of theirs, I'm good with that. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we're giving, we're shelling out 22 picks a week. That's that's tough work, you know, and to be up money and up on on the win loss record is just, you know, I, I think we're definitely heading in the right direction. So, Ian, you mentioned the the goal that was disallowed with Insignia being offside, uh, yeah. you know, and once that's reviewed, they found that, uh, you know, I, I see that the International Football Association Board has announced some clarifications to the handball law. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, so I guess they're going back on their ruling where if there's an incidental handball in the buildup to a team's goal, it will still count now, which happened to Fulham yesterday. And they ended up losing Oof. one to nothing. So, you know, and that's a team who's fighting for relegation. You know, what what happens if they end up getting relegated by two points? You know, all of a sudden the Premier League's like, oh yeah, we're going to change it, you know, I, I don't think it takes effect until the end of the season, so at least it's fair. But for them to even recognize that it was wrong in the first place, 
you know, it's got to upset Fulham fans for sure. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd be quite perturbed if I were any type of Fulham supporter to the max. I mean, they are the ones that have used been used as an example in the article that came out that's telling us about the handball change. And yeah, Josh Maha, uh, you know, Maja, he, as you know, we can't pronounce anything. On this show. Yeah, Maja. <laughs> uh, you know, he was the one that was uh, unfairly uh, affected by this law. And unfortunately for the Fulham fans, uh, that goal would not be ruled out next season. So, you know, you lose 120 million this season if you if you get relegated. <laughs> But next season, ah, handballs are okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a good thing that they're reforming the law and and they're making a change to something that it was kind of wrongly put in there. But it's it's got to rub certain fans that have been affected by it the wrong way for sure. Yeah, I feel like the spirit of the game is not where it needs to be when it comes to these type of things, you know. And I know offside is offside, but like I'd like to see something where if the bodies are even on the offside line, but somebody's arm is outstretched by a little bit, my arm is not going to score the goal. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. these type of VAR decisions that are disallowing things uh, re- really get me or if a shoulders offside, that shoulders not scoring the goal. I mean, you know, it, it can be taken too far. Sometimes gone are the days of when I used to be, you know, a linesman and I'm wait, raising the flag and I'm sure, you know, for me, it's like two, three yards offside <laughs> or the coach that uh, I'm, part of the club with is telling me, Hey Blake, keep that flag down next time. And if it's questionable, I'm not saying I ever did this, you know, you keep the flag <laughs> down and you're helping the guy, but you know, that's just at the lower level, the spirit of the game has been affected all, all across the board here. And it's time that, you know, Per Luigi Kalina made a good decision and he's the chairman of the FIFA referees committee. And he's admitted that lawmakers have gone too far and it puts pressure on the refs too. It's not only the committees like the FA, it's definitely referees that are, in the limelight here. Yeah. There's just already so much pressure on referees to begin with. Like that's one job that I, you know, they say that our job is stressful being air traffic controllers, but man, I don't think I could handle being a referee and, you know, they get attacked and abused verbally. And what you said, they, they got attacked physically over the weekend or was that right? Here's, yeah. here The referees in Guatemala, man, they've been a target <laughs> lately over the weekend. Uh, Eric Anthony Garcia, he's a player at the Guatemalan side, San Lorenzo Jogo Foot. He's been banned five years for punching a referee in the face during a third division game last Sunday. So let me tell you, if you ever wanted to get angry at a referee and not go to jail and not have to pay crazy fines, we're going to tell you what he had to pay. Uh, <laughs> Guatemala is the place to do it. His fine was 1,000 Guatemalan dollars, which translates to 108 euros or 129 U.S. dollars <laughs> as of this morning. And I can't believe that it's only 108 bucks to take your aggression out on some crap referee. Right. So definitely the place to do it. He's not the first person. On February 25th, down there, Robinson Ramos was handed a five-match suspension and fined 1,500 Guatemalan dollars for simulating being hit by an object thrown from the stand. So down there, you could fake getting hit or you could hit somebody and, you know, it only cost you a hundred bucks. Not too bad. Is that the instance? I heard just briefly on a podcast about somebody pretending to get hit with an object. They actually picked up the object that had got thrown onto the field and hit themselves in the head with it to make themselves bleed and make it look like they had been hit by an object. 
Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> who does that, man? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that's that's definitely something else. So you got to go down there and, and check out some football, or or go on YouTube and see if you can find that out. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Oh man. So, hey, what are the rumors with Pulisic to Bayern? Dude, I mean, it looks like Pulisic is not in Tuchel's plans at Chelsea. I don't know. I, it's still hard, still early enough that, you know, he can say he's nursing him and being, you know, being really safe with his injuries and everything since he does have a history of that. But there's rumors, you know, as recently as I think a week ago, maybe a little bit, um, just a couple of days, but that Bayern are basically, they view Pulisic as a replacement to Kingsley Coleman if Coleman leaves. Let's which, take it. You know, I mean, that would be huge for Pulisic and be a great opportunity for him and a like full open attacking sort of side. Like when Pulisic initially went to Chelsea, I wasn't the biggest fan of it just because they're known for not playing attacking style soccer, no matter who their manager is, but especially right now with Tuchel. They're, you know, they're not playing with any wingers. They're playing with wing backs and just they haven't scored a lot of goals lately. So it would be great to see Pulisic and a side that is scoring three, four, five goals pretty much every game. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Lewandowski's not getting any younger here either. I mean, this this could be one of the few Dare Classicers that he has left coming up here on the weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, the opportunity exists for him to score some goals over there, and it would be pretty cool to see, not just because it's my team, but because, you know, I'm an American, and I would love to see the full potential of him being used. Also, his injury history in the Bundesliga was not as great as it is in the EPL. You know, yes, whether it's to style or to the way he was used, it could be one of the two different things or both. But, um, you know, for him to be healthy and to get some minutes would be fantastic for me to see. Yeah, yeah, it'll be awesome. So we'll we'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, it's not nothing's gonna happen until the summer, but interesting, at least you know, to to think about. But when we go ahead and hop into the action, we've got I think about 14, 15 games that we'll be looking uh to put into the starting eleven. Oh yeah. We'll start on Saturday, 7 30 Eastern in the Premier League. We've got Burnley host and Arsenal. And if you look back at these last two head-to-heads. Uh, it's a one nothing win for Arsenal, sorry, for Burnley, and then a 0-0 draw. So only one goal in the last two games between these two teams. And Arsenal have been involved in 17 games that were under two and a half goals out of 39 total. And Burnley have been involved in 23 games that are under two and a half goals out of 33 games. So, I, I mean, I definitely see this being a low scoring game. Un, under two and a half goals at minus 120 has got to be the pick for me. Yeah, Burnley at home, last five out of five across all competitions, under two and a half goals. Yeah. So, you know, and they, they have actually dropped into uh, some sort of play even to your competition type form, and it's it's not been too great. They they did have a couple wins there for a little while, right? I mean, they were showing some good form when they played against Sheffield, then they had the MK Dons win in the, in the FA Cup, and then also a win against Aston Villa. So since that time, though, they've kind of dropped off pace, and I don't expect anything to be more than just them hanging about in the back and hoping for another draw. Yeah, I mean, they're always a tough team to play against. They're probably one of the few, one of the two or three sides that you don't want to play out of the bottom half of the table just because they're so big and physical and they just make life hell for you. And going to turf more, it's going to be a tough one for Arsenal. I know they are playing well. But I just like like the under two and a half goals more than an Arsenal money line or even a, a Burnley, you know, double chance. Just it, it, 
I, this game has one nothing, one one written all over it. Cool. Where are we at next? We're in uh, Aston Villa territory. They're hosting the Wolves. Grealish, yeah. he might be coming back, right? Hopefully, he's coming back because they're such a better team with him in the lineup. He just, he really is class. And, you know, if he is back, I like a Villa money line at plus 135. Like, no doubt about it, going with the Villa money line. I know we had them over the midweek uh, for the money line, didn't come through. But again, Grealish didn't play. And, you know, it's probably one of the few things that's worth some value here. Under two and a half is minus 145. And that's just, that's not good odds for, you know, maybe all of a sudden it's 2-1, you know. Yeah, I hear you on that. We'll stay in the EPL. Uh, it's three o'clock Eastern. Brighton play host to Leicester. Yeah, and, you know, Brighton, uh, they were in a decent run of form. They've cooled off a little bit. They should be safe, maybe, maybe not. They're only three points ahead of relegation right now, but they do have a game in hand. Uh, and then Leicester, on the other hand, were flying. They were in second place in the Premier League, and all of a sudden they've just got a rash of injuries, and they're not going to have Harvey Barnes, uh, James Justin, Dennis Pryat, uh, AOZ Perez, and James Madison will all be out, which, you know, Madison and Harvey Barnes are – you could argue they're more important than Jamie Vardy, but I know Vardy, they're definitely, the, those are the three guys who make that team go and get your goals. And without a good majority of those guys, Vardy, maybe, maybe not a hundred percent healthy. He's going to play, but you know, it just, I like a, I like, I do like a Lester draw, no bet. Maybe take a look at Brighton double chance. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any good odds here or value on the under two and a half in that game though. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, and I'm also with you on the fact that Leicester, they need to keep their Champions uh, League spot, right? They're at 50 points. Chelsea sit on 47, Everton on 46. 46 to 50, I mean, that's not too big of a gap for Everton to close with how many games are remaining, and Everton have a match in hand against Leicester, so they'll be looking to not lose. I, I agree with the pick here, not to lose, which is a Leicester draw no bet where the value's at at minus 115 for sure, Ian. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, you know, even just looking at a double chance for Brighton is minus 239. So that's crazy for, I mean, I guess they're at home and Leicester have a bunch of injuries, but usually you get pretty good value with the bottom half of the table going up against top four on a double chance, but not, not in this case. So let's talk about a fall from grace, man. These were our boys for, you know, the better part of three weeks of competition here, Sevilla on the road at Elche. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, they've lost two in a row. Both of those games were to Barcelona, though. So, you know, it's, it's okay, kind of, okay. you know, it's a tough <laughs> one. But, I mean, I look at it more as they just simply got their tactics wrong in both of the games. You know, they, they played Barcelona over the weekend in La Liga and lost two to nothing. And so you would have figured they would have learned their lesson from that game. They knew exactly how Barcelona was going to line up to play against them because Barcelona had to get goals. They had to overcome that two nothing deficit from earlier in the month when they played in the first leg and Sevilla just, they just sat back and took it and didn't even really look to counter. I mean, they're playing with uh, not Frankie de Jong is his brother who Luke de Jong, who plays up top for Sevilla and, you know, he is slow and marauding. He's not a guy that you want to spring the counter with. 
you know, and it just they just completely got their tactics wrong. They missed a penalty in the game. They gave up yeah. a goal with literally no time left and and stoppage time to send it to extra time. So I wouldn't be too concerned with Sevilla. I mean, there are, there are a few things here and there, but you know, they they did get their best striker back from injury at the midweek. He came on for the last twenty minutes of the game. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I still think they're a solid team. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they kind of start slow on the road. You know, half of their away games have featured a goalless first half. So, I mean, I could see them starting out a little bit slow, but if, if they don't play the way that they know how to, I mean, I'd be very surprised, just like you. Yeah, and there's not a lot to look back on history-wise here. This is their first time playing since 2015. I guess the game earlier in the season got postponed for whatever reason. So this is the first tie of the two-leg tie throughout the season here. And Elche are only one point above last place, so not necessarily a place you want to go looking for a minus-one Asian handicap where the team is just going to scrap and fight and do everything they can to to stay up in La Liga. Um, but I still I, I'm kind of feeling the minus-one Asian handicap, minus-105 for Seville. Yeah, let's go back to the bank. I mean, what is two games to uh, shun us from? picking our boys here at Sevilla. Yeah. So I'm definitely on board with that. Yeah. And uh, sticking in La Liga 1230 Eastern, we've got Kadith taking on Ibar. And Ibar are level on points in the relegation zone. They're uh, via tiebreaker. They're actually not in the relegation spot. They've only got 22 points. And Kadith are only three points safe. They've got 25 points total. So two teams who are definitely going to be playing for – everything they can they both need three points i I think this is going to be an attacking sort of game and i I, like both teams to score yes plus 112 neither team can really afford to lose for sure and they really can't afford just one point when when they really need three oh yeah kadith have given up a total of 41 goals across 25 matches so i definitely favor ibar to score kadith is a is good usually for a goal. You know, they score against Barcelona every time. So how could they not score against the team below them in the standings, especially when it's for relegation? And we've talked before, when you're about to face elimination, you got to open it up and you got to play. I mean, if you don't score, you don't get points. Exactly, exactly. And moving on to the Germans, 930 Ah. Eastern, we've got Hoffenheim taking on Wolfsburg. And Hoffenheim were super hot. Probably it was mid-January, December to January. And they've definitely cooled off here since then. Wolfsburg, actually, they only have two losses in the 2021 calendar year so far. And it was to Dortmund and Red Bull Leipzig. So, you know, that's very impressive resume with, I think they probably played about 14 or 15 games now to only have two losses. And those are the two guys. And they even played Bayern Munich in that span. And they beat them, you know, so Ooh. it's pretty impressive. Wolfsburg, they're 3-0-2 in the last five head-to-head. And, you know, I'm loving a Wolfsburg money line at plus 135. Oh, plus odds on that for teams sitting third in the table? Yes, give it to me all day. You know, you mentioned Hoffenheim kind of falling from the run of good form, and that was when Bayern pimp-smacked them back <laughs> into reality on that retribution game, which you and I called. Uh, you know, Bayern, I think they won – right back at him 4-1 or something it was something like that I, I don't have the number offhand but yeah it was there we go uh four to one Byron Byron whooped him and, and you know that's a culmination of kind of the 
draw win draw loss loss form that we see here for Hoffenheim and and you know Wolfsburg like you said really good at home and not only good at home but good in the league you know we're seeing four wins and a draw across the last five so how could you not go with plus odds there they're on the road everybody that needs to be healthy in my opinion is and you know Hoffenheim is sitting here with some injuries as well not only that but Hoffenheim in the in the Europa League what a tank bro no man to Molde like They've they had some mold problems. <laughs> <laughs> can't breathe, can't play, can't breathe. I mean, uh, that's that was something else. Up three to one, and then to, to lose the draw on the road. I, I'm you know via the away goal situation there, three to three. I mean, we should have known better than to uh, take Hoffenheim in the goal with the part of the parlay them and Leicester. And of course, Leicester loses too. So right. if you would have faded the betting eleven, no problem. If you would have made some serious cash on the Molde plus 900 money line, but uh, that's something else, you know, Wolfsburg here, the plus 135. I think that's open and closed. That'll probably be in the defense line here or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of on the road and good form in the league, we've got Leipzig traveling to Freiburg, 930 Eastern as well. Leipzig have won six in a row in the Bundesliga now, and they're only two points behind Bayern for first place, which, we said there was no more title chase. I mean, maybe there is now, especially with their classicer coming up. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but you know, a Leipzig money line, it's only minus one fifty. You know, do do we like them to keep a shutout or win by multiple goals? You know, we'll have to look into that a little bit. Freiburg, you know, they're coming off a two-one win over Leverkusen. And they also beat Dortmund at the beginning of the month, two to one as well. So a couple like key wins for for Freiburg that Makes me hesitate, you know, wasting that much juice for for a Leipzig win. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing, you know, I'm always about this is Freiburg remaining contention to qualify for Europe via the league since first time since 2017, uh, and that's uh, that's a pretty big deal for them. I mean, they're at the top there, you know, not not too far out of contention. Like we see, 34 points to 39 in European qualification with Dortmund there and then 42 with Eintracht Frankfurt. So they still have some time to make up some distance to the Champions League. They're not out of that. So I would be focusing on that if I were the coach and trying to do what I can at home against that scorching hot Red Bull Leipzig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And a team that had been scorching hot up until just this this past week, Eintracht Frankfurt hosting Stuttgart. And, you know, Frankfurt finally lost. They're eight one and one in their last ten Bundesliga games, and three one and one in the last five head to heads against Stuttgart. And you know the the loss it doesn't really concern me too much. It, yeah, it was to Werder Bremen, but Bremen have also been in decent form as of late. I think it's just kind of a one off. I mean, you look at their last ten again; they're eight one and one, and a Frankfurt money line's minus one fifteen. A home team that's only lost one game in in the last ten, and they're Almost even money. I gotta like that. Yeah, how do you not play that, man? And uh, what do we got next? We got two more in Germany. We'll save the best for last. Uh, next up, nine thirty Eastern. Borussia Mönchengladbach hosting Bayer Leverkusen. And four of these last five head-to-heads have been over two and a half goals. And I don't know what it is about this game that it's just kind of, to me, shouting for an under two and a half goals. It's more of a gut feeling than anything. If you look at all the stats, over two and a half is definitely the shout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe it ends up getting left out at, at the end of the day. But 
Well, I mean, the odds for under two and a half goals are what we are looking at, right? The values there are plus 116. I'm sure over two and a half goals is not nearly as good. Yeah, I'm sure it's, I'll check it now. But, um, you know, over two and a half is minus 150. So they're definitely expecting goals here. Sure. All right, well, I'll roll with your gut. Your gut feeling has been good on numerous occasions, man. I mean, Leverkusen, they really, you know, they haven't been too great lately. You know, they're tying and they're losing a lot. I mean, they are they were in the top four, and now they're in sixth, you know, teetering on being out of European contention. So, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely see the under two and a half. I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, that's another team who grossly – underperformed in Europa League, you know, getting put out by uh, BSC Young Boys on aggregate of six to three, you know, never really was a close one there. So, yeah, and be interesting to, that's another pretty decent game there, you know, um, not quite as big as this next one that we got coming up though. Yeah, Der Klassiker, Bayern Munich hosting Dortmund. I mean, that's, that's a big one, you know, and it's at home. There've been, so many games across history with these two teams playing against each other. And sure, Ian and I know, and you all know as well, there are plenty of derbies. There are plenty of political matches that kind of bait, you know, alternate practices against each other. There's also, you know, up in Scotland, you've got different religions playing against each other from different areas. But for whatever reason, these two teams seem to have the eyes of the entire world. You know, you see numerous articles on it. You see all the television stations gravitating towards this. In fact, this year, you know, you're going to see it in over 100 countries from what I read online. And, you know, Lewandowski versus Holland. How could you not like that matchup? Yeah, it's it's going to be a good one. I hope that, you know, we get a bunch of goals here and it doesn't wind up being a 0-0 dud like so many games in the Premier League have been. Uh, when you get to the game of the week. But yeah, this this is, I mean, Bayern don't defend well, Dortmund don't defend well, and they've got two just world-class strikers, both both sides. It's, you know, over three and a half minus 135. I, I, I'm liking that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not like that? I mean, the hot stat I'm seeing here is exactly a quarter of the last 100 Bundesliga head-to-head goals have arrived inside the opening 20 minutes of play. Yeah, I just God. said that. The last hundred head-to-head goals for these two teams have arrived inside the opening twenty minutes. So let's see some popping. Wow, let's go. that might be might be worth a prop bet on. You know, like two goals in the first fifteen minutes. Yes, it, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, Bayern they concede. So let's oh yeah, let's go goals. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Dortmund do kind of seem to have gotten back in form now. They're they're six one and one in their last eight. And so they had had a really bad month of January, but seem to have turned it around now and are pushing for that top four. They have to finish in the top four. Otherwise, I don't know if Holland will stay, you know, over the summer. And they're already talking about selling Sancho. So if they lost both of those guys because they didn't finish in the top four. Mm, I mean, how many European, like especially in England, how many clubs would love to have a burly, big, young striker like him? I mean, he could play so many different ways for your team. It'd be fantastic. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that that's definitely be watching that one on TV on, I think it's ESPN Plus for anybody who has that. So, and then uh, move on to Sunday. We've got a few more big matchups that we'll get to as well. Uh, but first, nine o'clock Eastern in Italy, we've got Hellas Verona hosting AC Milan. And 
Milan are without Zlatan and a couple other injuries as well. And their form is just not great as of late right now. They're only, uh, and even this head-to-head fixture, they're only two, one, and two, something you think they'd be a little bit better than. Um, and, you know, a Milan money line is minus 110. I'm not quite sure. I like that as much as I initially thought when I started digging into the facts here. Uh, they've, you know, Verona has also beaten Milan in last two of their three home head-to-heads. So I figure like Milan have won a league high 15 matches on the road uh, when leading at halftime. And that's five more than any other side, but Verona's got to be able to score here. I mean, in the standings where they're sitting, they're not too far out of European contention either. I mean, they sit on 38 points and you see Napoli at 44 and Napoli are kind of fading. So I would expect Verona to come out with their top effort and do what they could against Milan, who probably don't have a shot at the title anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, I know it's still kind of close if you look at the table. They're six points back, but I, I don't, they're just trending in the wrong direction right now. And especially without Zlatan and, you know, kind of struggling. The the game against Udinese, they, I mean, they probably should have lost that game. They're, Donnarumma came up with a couple of huge saves and just not, not great, you know. And I mean, if you look back at the last five head-to-heads, three of the five have gone over two and a half, and over two and a half sitting at minus one ten. So maybe, you know, maybe that's oh, the way. Yeah, to go. let's book that for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, like you always say, Ian, you know, your gut and your eye test. I mean, if Donnarumma's making saves to keep them in the game, and it's more than just one or two, it's you know three or four, then something's not right there. Yeah, and it's not like it's against Inter Milan or Atalanta or Lazio, you know, any of those top six sides. It's against Udinese, who's just middle of the table. Yep, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know, another kind of historic, historically great team that's struggling right now, Liverpool hosting Fulham 9 o'clock Eastern. You know, the last two matches between these two teams were 1-1 to and 2-1. to And, you know, we've talked before on this pod about how Fulham pretty much, they play everybody tight. You know, if you look at Fulham's 32 games this season, only 20, sorry, only six of them have seen Fulham lose by more than a goal. So 26 out of 32, they've either won, drawn, or lost by a goal. You know, that's great stat. If you're a listener, what does that tell you in this match against a team that's kind of trending down in Fulham who are fighting for their lives? Think about it before we give you our recommendation. What does this tell you? Yeah, and you know, I mean, 14 of Liverpool's 39 games have been won by more than a goal. You know, so about a third of them, which typically you'd expect more than that from, from a really top side. And most of those came at the beginning of the year when they had everybody healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you got to take something with a plus on Fulham here, right, Ian? I mean, I know you'd agree with that. I mean, Fulham plus one and a half Asian handicap is minus 110. That's almost even money. So that's that's definitely going in there. That'll be a pretty confident pick, I feel like. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, how do you not take a plus one and a half? Like you said, Fulham are in every game. So for me, plus one and a half, you know, you can lose by one and still make cash. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would be surprised if Fulham even got a draw out of it. They just, they play everybody so tough. And especially at Anfield right now, Anfield is not the place Liverpool want to be playing. Hear you. I hear you on that. The only thing I can say on this one is that 
Mohamed Salah has kind of had a resurrection. He scored four of Liverpool's last seven Premier League goals, and they're all have been during the second half. So, you know, hopefully Fulham can get out to hitting something early. Maybe uh, Maha or Maja. Mahjong gets Mahjong. out to a nice yeah gets out to a nice start and, and that's something for him earlier uh, than they would expect and gives the cottagers a, a nice chance at picking up some more points. Yeah, fun little fact on Maja. He um, was. Did you watch the Sunderland documentary on Netflix? Sunderland till I die. Absolutely. He Love was, that guy. He's on. He there. was the yeah. He was the young striker who got shipped off at the transfer deadline in the winter over to France, and I guess it didn't quite work out for him. And now he's back playing and you know doing okay. So. Yeah, he was he was the main man. For yeah, Sunderland. he was scoring goals for fun for Sunderland, and I don't know why they let him go because he was single handedly yeah. keeping them up. I know money's tight there, but like that was probably one of the glaring mistakes. And we all know hindsight's 2020, but even the fans during the document, we hope we don't sell him. We don't hope we don't get rid of him, you know, and he's signing everybody's jerseys and he's looking like he wants to stay there. And next thing you know, poof, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and we got another uh, huge Derby here coming up the Manchester Derby uh, city host in United. 11.30 11.30 Eastern on Sunday, 0-0 earlier in the season. And, you know, United have seven 0-0 draws this season, and six of them are since December 12th, 2020. So that's, what, just just over two months, and they've got six 0-0 draws. They're clearly doing everything they can to stay in the top four. They know they can't catch City at the top of the league. So when they play big teams, they just don't want to lose. They don't have to win. They just they just need to get a point from there and then beat the teams that they're supposed to. Yeah, I hear you on that. I mean, it's a boring way to play, but OGS seems to think like that's his ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I mean, they definitely seem to have learned their lesson from earlier in the year where United just got slaughtered against one of the big teams. It can't not come to mind right now. But I think they got beat like seven to nothing or something like that. Uh, sorry, six to two against Leeds. No, sorry, they beat Leeds six to two. What am I thinking? Um, yeah, no, they they smacked them. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but it was Spurs. Spurs beat them six to one in October. And you know, if you look at their score since then, every time they play a big team, you know, zero zero, one one, one nothing, and you know, you you want fireworks from big, big you know matchups like this, and you're just not going to get it. But I mean. Guys, what we haven't really talked about in Manchester City, John Stones and Ruben Diaz. Did you? Ooh. Did I tell you this stat, man? They've you, got. You texted it to me. Yeah, they have scored more goals between the two of them than they have conceded when they start together. They've been paired together in sixteen <laughs> games, so they've scored five goals together, the two of them, and they've only conceded three when they start in those sixteen games. And they've got twelve sheet clean sheets together. Just insane. Jeez. That is some uh, stat. I mean, that's kind of otherworldly. That's that's pretty awesome. You know, I would never have taken them for a team that keeps the clean sheets like they've been doing, especially with the offensive power that they have and the rotation they can put into the midfield. But, I mean, those two together making that kind of stat happen, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's just insane. And, you know, I, I kind of like a United uh, plus one Asian handicap at minus 120. But if you want to look at both teams to score and no, you know, since we talked about all these zero zeros, it's sitting at minus 105. That might be a good shout. Um, under two and a half is only minus 145. So 
Yeah. What is, you know, my question would be to everybody out here and to you, what does city have coming up this week and into the next weekend? Right. Are they going to do anything to change the way they're going to play? I mean, their fixtures coming up. Let's see if I can yeah, take got, a look at that. They've got Southampton on Wednesday, Fulham on a week from Saturday, and then they play Gladbach in the return in the Champions League. So really nothing that they need to be looking ahead to. Right, right. So it's it's a day that they could take off, you know, and then have some extra rest or, you know, Pep can do Pep things and and go out there and try to smoke them at home. I mean, you know, it's classic. We've talked about Manchester City being better at home, just ever slightly, ever so slightly better at home. And then United as well being ever so slightly better away from their home pitch. So two teams that would see a trend going up, you know, and battle each other. I, I favor that draw as well, which translates into the uh, plus one on Manchester United at minus 120 for sure. Yeah. And one thing to note is David De Gea, he will not be playing in this game. He is out for the birth of a child, but I mean, he hasn't been anything special this year. He's been benched a couple of times for Dean Henderson. So right, he's been lucky to start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, Dean. And uh, I guess we got two more left. We'll move on to Atletico Madrid host and Real Madrid, 10-15 Eastern. And Real won two to nothing earlier this season, December 12th, 2020. It was actually the only other time uh, that Atletico have lost in La Liga was to Levante just the other day on February 20th. So two losses in over, I mean, we're almost at three months there, two losses in La Liga, which is obviously why they're in first place right now. Just a crazy stat for them. Atletico, they're, they're kind of, I don't know, they're, they're not in great form, but neither is Real Madrid. They're missing a bunch of guys right now. Uh, they're going to be 100% without Carvajal, Ramos, and Militao. And then Hazard and Benzema are major doubts whether they will start or not. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you know, they've got muscle injuries, so that's going to be tough for them. It's it's never easy when when players have things like that happen this late in the season, this late in the Champions League fixtures. I mean, it, it takes a toll on you, like we've always mentioned. So, uh, you know, how do you see Atletico Madrid getting back to normal here? I mean, is it something where we see them on a draw, no bet, Ian, or do you think Real Madrid just run away with it? Yeah, I, mean, I do like the draw no bet. I actually think it's going to be a draw, but a draw no bet at minus 115 for Atletico. Hopefully they've learned their lesson into not coming out and just parking the bus like they did against Chelsea, especially a team in Real Madrid who's there for the taking. This isn't 100% healthy Real Madrid. And if they can win this, they can pretty much shut the door to everybody else who's who's thinking they might have a shot at winning La Liga. If they draw or lose, then it definitely opens the door to Madrid and Barcelona, maybe even Sevilla, but definitely the, the two guys, big guys behind them. And right. they've got a chance to step on their throat and really prove that they're the best team in La Liga this year. Hopefully they learn their lesson from Champions League and, and come out to play. I'm with you on that. I mean, 58 to 53 in, in points is is something that, you know, you'd love to see increased if you're an Atletico Madrid fan. Uh, if you're a Real Madrid fan, you definitely want to take advantage of this chance. It's almost like two games in one, especially since uh, Atletico have a game in hand, right, Ian? I mean, they're sitting yeah. on 24 matches. Real Madrid are on 25 matches played already. So this is actually huge, huge game for both teams as far as the title of La Liga are concerned. Absolutely. And it would benefit Atletico because 
they could also maybe rest up a little bit for the, the return leg against Chelsea and not be so concerned with the league and get guys healthy enough to be able to take that back against Chelsea and do what they should have done the first game instead of kind of hanging, hanging back and feeling things out. They played right into Teuchel's game plan as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they did. And I mean, I think this will probably end up being more of a boring game than, you know, between Atletico, the Manchester Derby and Der Klassiker. I think I've got Der Klassiker as number one must watch. Then probably, I don't know, City United and Real and Atletico tied as a, I'm okay if I don't watch it because I don't think it's going to be a very good game. <laughs> you only have so many TVs, man, and so many computers right. you could do stuff with. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always say, yeah. plan it out, plan it out. This might not be on the plan. Yeah. Oh. All right, let's go to those dudes from Levante. They're, they're at Real Sociedad, and that's coming up at uh, 1230 Eastern after this one. And, you know, Levante have just been been the team lately. I mean, they won 2-1 to one on December 19th versus Sociedad. Uh, on December 19th, 2020, and they're 2-1-2 in the last five head-to-heads. I think Levante is the only team uh, been beaten by more than one goal three times this season, and that's 33 games that they've seen that happen. And the most recent occurrence was on 10-18-21. So for me, Ian, after Levante kind of hosed us with Atletico Madrid, why don't you ride that wave, right? Yeah, I mean, Levante, that stat is just crazy. They've only been beaten by more than one goal three times this season in 33 games. That's insane for a team that, you know, had, had you heard of Levante before this year? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, we're obviously paying more attention to La Liga than we have in, in years past. But that's just the, the one thing I maybe worry about is Levante had their hearts ripped out against Bilbao and the Copa del Rey over mm-hmm. uh, just yesterday. Actually, it was one one. They went into extra time because it was all tied after the two legs and they ended up giving a goal up with like eight minutes left before penalties. So maybe they have a little bit of a letdown against the Sociedad team who's good, you know, um, but they've only won by more than one goal 10 times in 37 games this season. And Levante's getting plus one Asian handicap at just about even money minus 105. That You got to love that. Oh, yeah. Until I saw those odds, I was thinking, okay, Sociedad, they got to play for the Champions League spot against the Sevilla team that – recently lost to uh, Barcelona. But, you know, in that case, minus 105 on Levante plus one, who seemed to be doing well on home, at home or on the road. I mean, I always say that they create more chances at home, but I mean, we've seen them score on the road too and do their thing imposing their will. So minus 105 for plus one. Oh yeah. That stat is nuts. Ian. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely be rocking that one there. And I think that's all we got for the week. And, you know, don't forget we're on Twitter at uh, BettingXI. We've got the website, thebettingxi.net. And we've got uh, email if you ever want to contact us at thebettingxi at gmail.com. And breaking news, we're on Instagram now. Breaking news. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. The betting XI on Instagram there. And if you see us, you know, just go from like zero followers to like, 10,000 over the next couple of days. It's not because we purchased bot accounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey, I watched, man. dude, there's a documentary you got to watch. It's called fake famous. And it like, they take, 
they basically interview like all these people and take three people and try to make them famous by like purchasing them bot accounts and like just putting posting stuff all the time and one of them actually Mama. gets like super famous it's it's crazy at the whole fake bot account like they have fake bot farms and stuff it's it's insane. I had no well, idea. Yeah, the betting 11, when we're when we're sponsored by DraftKings next week, DraftKings, you hear me? What's up? <laughs> then, uh, you know, or Barstool, let's let's go. Then, you know, it, you know, it's not due to fake accounts, even though <clears throat> it might be. No, I, you know, it, we're happy to be on Instagram now, too. And, and that's where it's at as far as action. I, you know, Ian's good with all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm just the old dad of three who loves soccer. <laughs> All right, we'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend. We love you. It's the Betting 11 out. Talk to you later.